Shalom. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning we are resuming our study in the book of Job, raising the question, why do the godly suffer? In the last couple weeks, what we've come across, you know, Job's friends, they come and join him. They grieve with him, as good friends would do. Job tells them he, he just wants to be dead. This is too much. This grief, this loss, it's too heavy. I'd rather not be alive. Last week, we got the response from his first friend, Eliphaz. Eliphaz shares some decent wisdom, but it comes from a place of ignorance, not understanding why Job is going through what he's going through. And furthermore, Job doesn't even understand why he's going through what he's going through. Many of us can relate to that feeling. But Eliphaz kind of comes to the conclusion that there's no way that this kind of thing has come upon Job unless there's some terrible sin that Job has done. There must be some sin that Job has committed that's brought this upon him. And I think what we're going to find here in chapters 6 and 7, so 6 and 7, what we're reading this morning is Job's response to Eliphaz. He's going to kind of appeal for uh, pity. It almost feels like Job's starting to wonder what he's done, as we'll see. But Job really doubles down on the wishing he was dead. Uh, it Really, the story's tragic. And if we put ourselves in Job's shoes, we can't help but relate. I mean, this, this whole situation that Job's going through, let's face it. I mean, if we're if we're all, if we're all to look inward and be honest with ourselves, this isn't fair, right? Not everything's not everything that happens that God ordains, that God predestines, that God allows, makes sense to us as human beings. And I think sometimes it's okay to be honest about how. Well, you, I know that I must be wrong because God's God and I'm a human. But that doesn't change the fact that in my human perception and mind, I'm really struggling to reconcile how God can allow this or that. Let's dig in. Let's look at Job's response. Shouldn't be a very long podcast this morning. Chapter six and seven. We, so we have Job's response to Eliphaz, and his he's kind of appealing for pity, but also at the same time, kind of saying you guys, you guys are being kind of cruel. Um, but he's really doubling down on. I would. I just wish God would annihilate me. It appears that God, that Job, isn't aware of the resurrection, which definitely could be a possibility. I mean, Job goes way, 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 way back. Before there was scripture, right? It seems like he thinks that he, if he could just... That if God would just put him down, then he could be at peace in the grave. 
Let's have a look. Job chapter 6 and 7, King James Bible. But Job answered and said, Oh, that my grief were thoroughly weighed, and my calamity laid in the balances together. For now it would be heavier than the sand of the sea, therefore my words are swallowed up. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me, the poison whereof drinketh up my spirit, the terrors of God do set themselves in array against me. Doth the wild ass bray when he hath grass, or lowereth the ox over his fodder? Can that which is unsavory be eaten without salt, or is there any taste in the white of an egg? The things that my soul refused to touch are as my sorrowful meat. Oh, that I might have my request, and that God would grant me the thing that I long for, even that it would please God to destroy me, that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. Then should I have yet comfort, yea, I would harden myself in sorrow, let him not spare, for I have not concealed the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should hope? And what is my end that I should prolong my life? Please note, let's just look at that statement for a second here. What is my strength that I should hope? I'm sure many of you, like myself, can relate to the feeling of I've been hoping. I've been holding out hope for this whatever it is. I've been praying about this, begging God for help about this. It's been years. And I don't know how much longer I can hold on to hope because it feels and looks like this is, it's pointless. Like, why am I hoping about this still? Clearly, this isn't coming to happen. Clearly, this isn't getting answered. That's what I feel like Job is saying right now. He's saying, what is my strength that I should hope? Like, do, do, do I have enough strength to continue to hoping? And furthermore, what is my end that I should prolong my life? Like, what's my future? Why wouldn't I be better off if God would destroy me? Verse 12, is my strength the strength of stones? Or is my flesh of brass? He's like, I'm not made out of these hard materials. I'm a human being with weaknesses. Verse 13, is not my help in me? And is wisdom driven quite from me? To him that is afflicted, pity should be showed from his friends. But he forsaketh the fear of the Almighty. Job saying, you guys should feel sorry for me. Talking to his friends. Verse 15, my brethren have dealt deceitfully as a brook. And as the stream of brooks they pass away, which are blackish by reason of the ice and wherein the snow is hid. 
What time they wax warm, they vanish. And when it is hot, they are consumed out of their place. Verse 18, the paths of their way are turned aside. They go to nothing and perish. The troops of the Timah looked. The companies of the Sheba waited for them. They were confounded because they had hoped. They came thither and were ashamed, for now you are nothing. You see my casting down and are afraid. Did I say, bring unto me, or give a reward for me for your substance? He said, did I ask you guys for anything? Or deliver me from the enemy's hand, or redeem me from the hand of the mighty? Teach me, and I will hold my tongue, and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. Right? He's, he's saying, if I'm wrong, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. Did I ask you guys to do anything? Verse 25, How forcible are right words, but what doth your arguing reprove? Do you imagine to reprove words and speeches of one that is desperate, which are as the wind? Yeah, you overwhelm the fatherless, and you dig a pit for your friend. Now therefore be content, look upon me, for it is evident unto you if I lie. Return, I pray you, let it not be iniquity, yea, return again, my righteousness is in it. Is there iniquity in my tongue? Cannot my taste discern perverse things? So that's chapter 6. But Job's not quite done yet with his response to Eliphaz. Chapter 7, verse 1. Is there not an appointed time to man upon the earth? Are not his days also like the days of a hireling? So please note, here's a biblical truth that Job clearly understands. Is that we're all, we all have an appointed time, right? Your days are numbered. God knows the number. There's nothing that you can do to prolong it or to shorten it it's numbered the psalmist says in Psalm 39 verse 4 Lord make me to know my end and the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am our days are numbered And, and Job, several verses Job talks about this, as, as we'll see. We'll get into more of them. Um, he says in verse or in chapter 5, Yet a man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. So you know how a spark flies and it just quickly disappears into the air, right? Like it flutters up and then it's gone. That's the picture that Job is painting, how quickly, how short life is. We'll run into some more conversation. I'm just looking through some of the other verses here, but we'll get into those as we uh, continue through Job in the future here. Let's continue on. Verse 2. As a servant earnestly desireth the shadow, 
and as an hiring, hireling looketh for the reward of his work, so am I made to possess months of vanity, and wearisome nights are appointed to me. When I lie down, I say, When shall I arise? And the night be gone, and I am full of tossing to and fro unto the dawning of the day. My flesh is clothed with worms and the clods of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. That's an interesting statement. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. What he's saying? He's saying the days are flying by. Time is flying by. And that time that I have, it's spent without hope. By the way, the most desperate situation that you can be in, that I've discovered in my life, is the times when you're the most broken and destroyed are the times when you feel like there's no hope. Like hope is the thing, right? Like your circumstances can go, can, nothing can change in your circumstance at all. So whatever your terrible circumstance is, but if something comes along that gives you hope that this, that things are going to change, your whole perspective changes on the circumstance and you start to feel better, even though things haven't currently gotten better, if that makes sense. But when you have no hope at all, that's just a place of darkness and despair. And that's what Job is feeling at this moment. He's saying, my days are flying by, but they ha- their days, these days are filled without hope. Verse 7, Oh, remember that my life is wind, and my eyes shall no more see good. The eyes of him that hath seen me shall m- see me no more. Thy eyes are upon me, and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanish away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. See, Job makes that state, makes another statement about he he clearly has a view that it's over at death, right? He shall return no more to his house, neither shall he play now neither shall his place know him any more. Therefore I will not refrain my mouth, I will speak in the anguish of my spirit, and I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. I am a sea or a whale, thou setteth a watch over me. When I say, My bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint, then thou scarest me with dreams, and terrifest me through visions, so that my soul chooses strangling and death rather than my life. Job is saying, I can't even, like, sleep it off. Like, I can't even just go lay down and and go to sleep and, and forget about what's happening in my life because... My dreams are filled with nightmares. Right? Listen, listen, listen to what he says. When I say, my bed shall comfort me, like I'll just go to sleep. My couch shall ease my complaint. Then thou scarest me with dreams and terrifiest me through visions. Interesting. Verse 16, I loathe it. I would not live away. Let me alone, for my days are vanity. 
What is a man that thou shouldest magnify him, and that thou shouldest set thy heart upon him? And that thou shouldest visit him every morning, and try him every moment? How long wilt thou not depart from me, nor let me alone till I swallow down my spittle? I have sinned, what shall I do unto thee, O thou preserver of men? Why hast thou set me a mark against thee, so that I am burdened to myself? And why don't thou not pardon my transgression, and take away my iniquity? For now I shall sleep in the dust, but thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. And at the end of Job chapter 6 and 7. He ends with saying, like, if I've sinned, why won't you just forgive me? He's like, I'd rather be dead, and then when you seek me in the morning to torture me some more, you, you can't, because I'm, I'm in the dirt. Right? Verse 21, And why dost thou not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I shall sleep in the dust, and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. So that's Job's response to his friend Eliphaz. He's just doubling down. He's doubling down on his misery, doubling down on wishing he was no longer alive. Now listen, I realize that these first few weeks of Job are not going to be very encouraging. What we're trying to do right now is understand Job's predicament and be honest about what he's feeling and be honest about how we can relate to those feelings, right? Like that's the this is a, this is a book of poetry, and that's the point. To relate, to understand, to empathize with Job. One of the reasons why Job is comforting to those who are suffering is because you when you're suffering. You want someone somewhere who understands, right? Like, that's part of the battle. You don't, it's not that you're looking for your friends to, like, snap their fingers. Because they can't, you know, in Job's case, his friends can't snap their fingers and bring his kids back. They can't snap their fingers and suddenly his skin heals. That's not what Job's looking for. What he wants is sympathy. Understanding. Like, understand that I'm going through this. And that it's terrible. Well, could you just acknowledge that what I'm going through is awful? Like, that's, that's been my experience. Being both the sufferer and the comforter in situations. And I think that's why people can relate to the book of Job, because he's being honest about how he feels. By the way, he's not blaspheming God. He's not, he's not sinning with his mouth. He's simply saying, this is how I feel on the inside. And it would make me happy if God would just destroy me. I mean, he's just being honest about his circumstance. He's not shaking his fist at God. Or, or, you know what I mean? He's not... St- 
So let's, we do need to make that distinction. All right, I am out of time for this morning. And I, I just pray that you're being blessed by this study. I know it's a, it's a hard study. It's hard words. And for people who are suffering, it, you know, it's kind of, it can be kind of like salt on a wound, right? Because you, you're hurting and you're like, that's exactly how I feel, but we don't have any answers yet, right? But there's coming a point through this study when God's going to respond. God's going to speak to Job and give him a perspective. And of course, there is some restoration uh, at the end of this story. All right, that's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.